Welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from SB Nation's Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock Ledbetter from Slam Diego, who's down in Slam Diego in his hometown for the holidays. So happy to, for him and his family. Um, and happy holidays to all of you, Cardinal fans. I know yesterday was a tough one. Um, and uh, But uh, I wasn't totally shocked by it. I think that history caught up to the Cardinals. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world, and I don't think it's cause for jumping ship. Um, it does create some concerns and legitimate concerns, but, you know, teams have to face adversity, and it's how they face adversity that, that determines uh, their fate. And the Cardinals are still in a very good position to um, accomplish uh, their first goal, which was to win the NFC West. And uh, they're still in position to uh, get a, a strong seed in the uh, NFC. Um, and uh, there's a lot to uh, look forward to, I believe, and I'm going to explain why. But um, I was writing uh, today, setting up the article on Revenge of the Birds, and I said, uh, I said, when an 11, one 11 and one team like the Lions under a fiery first-year head coach, Dan Campbell, have a chance to take on a team like the 10-3 and three Cardinals with the tied for the best record in the league at, at their place at home at Ford Field after playing in so many hard-fought competitive games, the game becomes, in essence, their Super Bowl. In Cliff Kingsbury's first years as head coach, he took his last-place team up to Seattle to play the division-leading Seahawks. We're trying to lock down the number one seed in the NFC, just as the Cardinals were have been trying to do the last couple of weeks. And the Cardinals dominated the time of possession and the game and effectively kept the ball out of the hands of Russell Wilson. That game in 2019 was, in essence, the Cardinals' Super Bowl. Look at the passion in the lockers, in the Lions' locker room. And I submitted the link Brett Coleman posted the link to um, Dan Campbell's fiery speech um, and celebration in the locker room. Uh, because look at what winning this game meant to their head coach and all of his players. Let it resonate. Because we've had the privilege as Cardinals fans to watch this kind of atmosphere after big wins in all seven of the road game, road locker rooms previously this year. Uh, unlike any other year. Um, as in Cardinals history. So, you know, the, history has a way of catching up to teams. There's a reason why so few teams have won seven in a row on the road to start a season. Cardinals are in an elite group there, and even more of a reason why no one has gotten eight, um, particularly t gotten to eight, um, except for, I think it was one team, Um in the post, you know, Super Bowl era, uh, and you know, and winning those games by ten or more points too, which was an added, uh, you know, distinction that the Cardinals have have created. But um, 
The thing is, teams that play the Cardinals these days know they have to play at their very top of their game to win. And that's a good thing. I mean, that's respect. Um, and it's something I think that we can savor. It's not often we were in that kind of position. I mean, they know the formula now. They know they have to win the time of possession and limit the Cardinals' offense by keeping them off the field. And they need to harass the Cardinals' quarterbacks, Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, um, and keep them out of the end zone. Uh, the Cardinals are well aware of the formula now. And with the NFC West title still in their grasp, the Cardinals have put themselves in a position to achieve that season-long goal and to take that momentum into their first playoff berth since 2015. But the Cardinals need the Red Sea and all of us now more than ever. I mean, let me ask you all this. When is it the best time to love your team? I'm going to try to make this case uh, today in the podcast, and I'm, I'm going to finish with that thought. Um, and I also want to offer a number of suggestions creatively, constructively, as to how the Cardinals can solve the issues that have been holding them back the last couple of weeks. Um, but just before I get to that, uh, one other interesting stat that I posted on Twitter or I retweeted it, an NFL research post. I mean, I was talking about how history caught up to the Cardinals. I mean, you know, sometimes it, it's amazing, you know, when you're in an elite group of teams that have rarely won seven in, in a row on the road. Um, but there's this other um, point that NFL research made yesterday is that this is the third time since 1970 that a team with the NFL's worst record beat a team with the best record, um, including tied records, minimum eight games each. The previous two teams to lose, the 19, 1995 Cowboys and the 2004 Patriots, went on to win Super Bowls that season. How about that? Now, I know all of you, most of you are probably scoffing, thinking there's no way the Cardinals can win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah? Well... I mean, if history tells us something about this stat, why the heck not? You know, to quote J.J. Watt, maybe we're, it's because we're effing better. And the Cardinals have to get that moxie back, and they have to get old Uncle Momentum back on their side. And, you know, that's the thing about football. Anything's possible. I mean, did you watch that uh, Saints-Buccaneers game yesterday? I mean, you know shutting out the goat at home by the saints in one of the most brilliant defensive performances I've ever seen. I don't know about you, but it was awesome. How does that happen? Well, it's because the saints knew that's exactly what they had to do to win that game. They had to shut down the goat and they had to make the receivers pay. They knocked, you know, their three best receivers out of the game. I mean, these things happen. And it's what makes football so glorious. It makes football so exciting and so unpredictable. And kudos to the Saints for that just stellar performance. Um, you know, it just happens. But let's, you know, I mean, Cardinal fans now are saying, well, forget about it, Murray for MVP and Cliff Kingsbury for Coach of the Year. 
not that I mean Murray and Kingsbury aren't playing this to win personal awards. I can tell you that. I can vouch for it. I mean Kingsbury said they ought to name the the coach of the year after Belichick every year. I mean he deferred that. I thought was one of the most selfless, um, you know, responses to the question that I've ever heard. And then Kyler is always defers whatever accolades he gets to his teammates, and you know they know it's a it's a team game and it's a team effort. And, um, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, but the question is, well, did that yesterday's game just rule out Tom Brady as an M- NFL MVP candidate? Cause he had a bad game and a tough game. I mean, sometimes, you know, I don't think so. I mean, do you, I mean, and I don't think that Kyler Murray's certainly out of the question. I mean, there are three games left. I don't think the odds are great in his favor, but I don't, it doesn't really matter. The point is that, you know, one bad game or a couple bad games in a, in a league where, you know, anything goes on any given Sunday, I don't think should cause the kind of alarm and, you know, disgrace that fans are, you know, um, are feeling about, our quarterback, Kyler Murray, or our head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, or any of our guys. Um, you know, tough games happen. And it's ironic in a way. <laughs> Here the Cardinals have given us a road schedule ride, historical ride of the kind of depth and proportion that we have never seen in our lives. And they lose one game on the road, albeit to a team that's got the one of the worst records in the league but you know if you've watched that team at all this season and I have I mean I have the the red zone channel I hope you do too I mean I I see them fighting their tails off in every game they're tough they're like their head coach I mean and the Cardinals knew this coming in I I read their comments they knew they were in for a ball game they knew this was going to be you know a a slobber knocker and they knew they had to be up for the task you know, the way that the Lions took command of this game um, in accordance with the formula that other teams have used um, to beat the Cardinals, like the Panthers, like the um, the Packers, and like the Rams, is, you know, the formula is clear. Keep the ball away from Kyler Murray with long, time-consuming drives, which is exactly what the uh, Lions – did when they got the ball on the first possession, taking away half of the first quarter clockwise. And for a team that came into the game hoping to win by 10 or more points, now being behind three to nothing and having uh, only three and a half quarters in which to get their work done, I'm sure that, you know, created a bit of anxiety and, you know, let's go, let's go. Um, And uh, obviously the Cardinals, uh, had trouble, uh, you know, um, on offense. They struggled. We'll talk about why they struggled in a second, but let's start with the defense. Um, I had a feeling, and I was talking with Joe Camo on his uh, live uh, uh, video um, uh, channel last night. Uh, you know, I'd... I think the Cardinals, one of the adjustments that Cliff can make, I think until they start defending the run better, I think it might be wise to reverse the 
policy of deferring to the second half um, because I don't think they can run the risk of having this continue to plague them of teams getting the ball and playing keep away for half of a first quarter, which only ices your quarterback, ices your offense. They're sitting there anxious. And then it puts, it squeezes the game down to, um, you know, three and a half quarters of trying to get the kind of production that they, they want and, um, and are accustomed to. So, um, and you know, so if you take the ball first, come out fast, try to get the lead, jump on the lead, that also can work in your in their advantage. And that if they do, teams are more apt to try to pass the ball to try to get back in the game, perhaps than run um, a heavy diet of of of, of uh, running plays. Um, but the Lions mixed it up really well in this game. Um, and the Cardinals' defense just was, you know, they just missing tackles. I mean, you know, early on, Marcus Golden on that, you know, um, when the Lions really good running back, um, this young kid, boy, Craig Reynolds, 26 carries, 120, 112 yards, 4.3. I mean, what a spin move he had off of people. I mean, I've never seen a running back make Buddha Baker miss so often. That was that was interesting. And Buddha was, you know, like coming to a um, jump stop in front of tackles, which he rarely does. I mean, he, he usually runs through tackles. But this kid um, had the Cardinals, you know, grasping for air and grass on so many of the plays. But man, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, um, Marcus Golden had him for like a four-yard loss early in that first possession. And if, if he had been able to make that tackle, um, you know, maybe the Cardinals could have gotten the, gotten the ball back way sooner and prevented the Lions from scoring. It might have been a whole different game. But the tackling in this game, the tackling has got to improve. There were silver linings, however, and some of the times – Sometimes even in a game as frustrating as this, it's good to it's good to take the silver lining, you know, relish the small victories because, you know, the Cardinals showed, you know, some promise up front for the first time in a while. I mean, uh, Rashard Lawrence had four tackles. I mean, that's huge having him back. If he becomes a factor in the middle there at nose tackle, that is huge moving forward. And this has got to be a boost to his confidence. And the Cardinals themselves, Zach Allen had three tackles in there. Lecky Foto had three tackles and a forced fumble on a great play when he you know, stuck his shoulder in the football. I mean, those were encouraged. Michael Togby had two tackles. Um, Jordan Phillips had one before he got dinged up. The, the roughing the passer call was unfortunate. He got pushed into Jared Goff. Um but there was some promise there moving forward, and certainly the Cardinals know they're going to need to be stout up front versus the Colts' um, outstanding offensive line and gets Jonathan Taylor, who is uh, the bell cow running back in the NFL right now. So they, you know, the timing of getting these guys um, heads in the game in 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 Rashard Lawrence, Zach Allen, Lecky Foto, Michael Dogby. Jordan Phillips, hopefully he's okay and come, can come back. Then that's the timing of that is good and it's auspicious.
because we really need it. And now we need the Cardinals linebackers to step up. Um, and unlike the way they've been doing, uh, it's time. Um, still don't understand why Zayvon Collins isn't being used um, as a run stuffer. And uh, hopefully they can incorporate him, give him a package, get him involved. Um, but uh, the Cardinals will know this will be a great challenge for them on Christmas Day um, in trying to defend the Colts. Uh, the moving part there on the defense, which made an impact, was was losing um, Robert Alford and now moving Murph, you know, Byron Murphy over to the boundary corner and away from the slot. And Murphy had, you know game that was just so frustrating he was so close to making plays and yet you know just wasn't able to make him got gave up the the backbreaking touchdown that you know when the cardinals went for it on fourth and goal which i was screaming kicked the field goal sometimes you know it was 10 nothing you just can't come away you know from that possession without a without points in my opinion because um you know to create a floodgate, you need to poke a hole through the van, through the dam, and just scoring three points can do that. I mean, just getting on the board. I thought there was time to get a stop and maybe even come down and tie the score at halftime. But I just thought that that whole series of events in that possession down at the five yard line, first and goal, was was unfortunate, and um, we'll talk about that in in a minute. But but then to watch the Lions, you know, you can go for it on fourth down thinking, well, at least the defense will it'll be tough for them to get out of their own end zone and, you know, the the um, the Lions, and then we can get the ball back and come down and try again. Well, huh, wouldn't you know, the Lions, aided and abetted by penalties by the Cardinals' defense, go 98 yards or 95 yards, you know, um, Actually, it was, I guess, 94 yards um, all the way down and score on that touchdown over the, the post pass. Oh, my goodness. Um, that was so, to Josh Reynolds, I mean, that was so, that, what a backbreaker. To then go into the locker room down 17 nothing. that was a crusher. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, I... I'm wondering what the Cardinals can do because um, I'm wondering if they can find a way to get to move um, Byron Murphy back where he was playing so well in, in, as the slot corner um, and maybe find a way to play Antonio Hamilton out on that edge there on the periphery. Um, they just signed a player off, off of a practice squad that the Titans practice squad that, uh, you know, they've got a good look at him again in practice this week. Maybe he's he can bring something to the table there. Um, but when you're moving Murphy out of a position where he was thriving into a position that I still think he can play fine there. But yesterday, um, you know, it was clear that he he just was was just a tad behind on his covers, and uh, you know, he had one ball in his hands that. I know he's frustrated that he could have picked off. So he might be fine there. But but there was quite an adjustment there. And um, I know that Hamilton was playing the slot. And 
Cardinals have other options to slot with Isaiah Simmons, et cetera. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a weird day in the secondary um, because, you know, on one play that was a chunk yard pass play, and how many times were Rams – I say Rams because it felt like Goff was still playing with the Rams. How many times were there wide open um, Lions receivers – I mean, and then you look at the receiver catching it wide open, and right next to him is Chandler Jones, 10 yards downfield. I mean, Vance Joseph continues to do this, and I don't know why. It's never worked. Um, and Marco Wilson was playing off coverage after the, his best game of playing pesky man, even though he narrowly missed on so many plays in the Rams game. He was balling, and he was really gathering momentum. I'll tell you what, once Marco Wilson gets his first interception, I think you're going to see a moxie from him that that's going to carry him through the rest of the season. But he was playing off coverage. And then how about the touchdown play, the first touchdown, who was to, to St. Brown, where who was assigned to cover? Was it Devin Kennard is assigned to cover Amon Ra, St. Brown? Really? I mean, you know, if that's Hassan Reddick, all right. But it's, but, but I mean, it's not fair to Kennard. I mean, Kennard's not fast enough to cover a wide receiver. Um, and then on that play, uh, Marco Wilson was backed way off. It just everything was out of sync and sort of, you know, out of kilter with the with the Cardinals' defense, and it, it was frustrating and. Uh, they got to get back to playing pesky man, and they've got to, in my opinion, with the Colts, they're they're too good up front, and with Jonathan Taylor, they have got to run a steady diet of run blitzes, and put those linebackers in forward motion. Now that's going to open potentially open up play action pass for Carson Wentz, but I'll take my more of my chances with that if you can play pesky man coverage on the back end with good safety help. Um, and the safeties to be in a position to also help in the running game. I do a ton of safety blitzes too against this Colts team. You're going to really have to come after the Colts if, if you're going to try to play them straight up. Um, you know, without run blitzing, without safety blitzing, uh, teams have not been able to stop them, and certainly the Cardinals won't be able to stop them. Um, that running game with with uh, the way it's composed and the way their offensive line gets pushed gets a push up front, but you can creatively attack the run via the blitz. And I think the Cardinals will definitely need to do that and do it repeatedly. And and I think as a result too, is it, the more aggressive they, they can become, the more apt they may be forcing, um, forcing a team out on three downs. And rather than just giving up these long time consuming, frustrating, um, four to five yard runs every play and then you know uh, play action action passes to wide open receivers all that has got to be something that Vance Joseph addresses and um, comes up with answers for and uh, you know it was an unusually I mean it was a great week for Buda Baker um, becoming a dad and really happy for him um, but uh you know, I, that was a rough game for him. It was 
you know, I, he just wasn't himself or in sync. Um, and that's an anomaly, obviously. Um, and then uh, Jalen Thompson was pretty solid, but uh, just couldn't get over the hump. And Jared Goff, unbelievable. I mean, you know, Cardinals got goffed again. I mean, six in a row from him. And I went back and looked at his stats, and they're alarming. I mean, well, first of all, he played five of them with the really good Rams team. But, I mean, it looked like he was playing on the Rams yesterday, didn't it? I mean, with his receivers and Reynolds and St. Brown and Kelly Raymond, Kelly Raymond, um, and, you know, the Craig Reynolds. I mean, he had a – he was uh, connecting left and right. Um, but uh, in those six games, all all six of the games, and this is against uh, Cliff Kingsbury head coach and Vance Joseph defensive coordinator, all six games were 30-plus points. Um, his average completion per- percentage in the sixth game is like 75%. Um, unbelievable. His average yards per game is 312.7. His touchdown to, to an interception ratio is 11 to one. And, um, you know, wow. I mean, we have yet to see a Cardinals defense under this current head coaching staff know how to stop this kid. And, uh, I was really worried about that coming in the game. I don't know if you were. And, you know, it's not as if the Cardinals didn't try to harass him. Unfortunately, he tried to do too much and, you know, got numerous uh, roughing the passer calls. Um, and it wasn't, and I knew the Cardinals also would struggle a little bit on the edges because those, that, those Lions tackles are big and strong and athletic. Um, and they're tough to get around. I'll tell you that. They have the makings of an outstanding offensive line, and particularly when they get their all-pro center back, Frank Ragno. But, uh, wow. I mean, Goff was Goff in this game, and unfortunately, and it's frustrating. I mean, I can't wait to see a game where the Cardinals get the better of them. But as for right now, he's owned this coaching staff. Um, let's face it. Moving over to the offensive side of the ball, uh, it all starts with the snaps. And uh, we have to the, – the other thing about the moving pieces this week is and, – and you have, have to understand this, and it's not an excuse, but it's a reality – was from the Rams game to this game, the Cardinals had a new player back in at left guard and Justin Pugh. They had a new center in Max Garcia now that Rodney Hudson was out. And now they had a new right – guard in Josh Jones um, who hadn't played at guard the week before either. So, you know, when you mix shuffle up an offensive line, unless you're the green Bay Packers, which I don't know how that they just, uh, their offensive line coach should be the highest paid offensive line coach in the NFL. I mean, I don't know. Yesterday they won at Baltimore with four backups and a rookie um, on the offensive line. And, didn't miss a beat, scoring 31 points. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But typically, you know, an offensive line, there's such a coordination there and a communication that has to happen, pre-snap reads and pre-snap calls. I mean, the Cardinals were a mess up front yesterday. They were a mess. Um, and 
part of that has to do with continuity and part of that has to do with coordination. And also part of that has to do with Kyler Murray's issues with snapping the football. Um, I've been talking about this since week one. Um, He's not fooling anybody except his own offensive line. And even if a line defensive lineman gets a good jump off the snap, Kyler's fast enough and quick enough to evade anyone who's coming at him too soon. And I wish he'd do it forward more than backwards the way that he's been doing and getting caught and trapped. Like the play that Harris stuck on him. I don't know, on that fourth down play where they went zero backfield and had five receivers. And DJ Humphreys, who had a rough game at tackle um, against Harris. I mean, you know, let's face it, Charles Harris was the defensive MVP of this game. Not Chandler Jones, not Marcus Golden, Charles Harris. I mean, he had 12 tackles and, and one and a half sacks, and three tackles for loss. I mean, how they didn't block Harris on that play is just mind-boggling to me. But it just shows you how you know, the communication was wrong. Something was wrong, going wrong there. And these are critical plays, and there are numerous jumping off sides penalties because Kyler's like staggering the snap count. And with Max Garcia, a new center in there, you know, it was just awkward and frustrating all the games long. And I don't know about you, but um, – I'm just nervous every time the Cardinals snap the ball. And then, of course, we had the other, the thing that's happened a few other times this year where Kyler goes to check down the play and all of a sudden the ball snapped and the ball's on the turf. I mean, these are the things that just, you know, at this point in the season should not happen. Not that they really should ever happen. Um, but all that was out of sync. And when you have that, you know, Kyler was just not looking himself yesterday. I was wondering, I was asking Joe Camo this, you know, I wonder if he's injured more than we think um, and not just with the ankle. Um, Maybe there's other things that he's dealing with because his passes were not crisp yesterday. A lot of them were overthrown. Um, His feet were just way too anxious. Um, it just was not a good, you know, a good, good game for Kyler and sense of his rhythm and, and Moxie. And, you know, even going back, I still can't believe the first play of the game was a read option to him running to his left. The Cardinals kept trying to run sideways on the Lions, and the Lions' speed was a factor. I mean, they chased Kyler down the first play for no gain. Every time, you know, let's get down to that red zone trip where they had a great pass to Connor down to the five-yard line. It's first and goal on the five-yard line. And you ignore Connor. I mean, you've got four downs to get five yards if you want to run Connor on power runs. I mean, the, so often the Cardinals are have these cutesy sideway runs, which they tried with Rondale Moore, which it's just too much ground to, to for, for NFL players to be able to recover from. And, you know, I mean... Moore got nowhere on the first play of this uh, first and goal on a wide receiver screen left. So then they try the um, the jet sweep to, to Kirk to the right. That goes nowhere. I mean, those are two passes. The, the uh, jet sweep is a pass, actually, out of the shotgun. It's forward lateral. Um, and then on third down, they 
for the only time I saw a game, they moved the pocket for Kyler on a sprint out, and the that side of the end zone was squeezed off. There was no one open. Kyler threw it on the back end, um, basically out of bounds. And then now I'm screaming, okay, okay, let's get, kick the field goal and get to 10, get on the board, get to 10 to 3. And I know it's vogue in the league now for, you know, look at what the Chargers are doing. They're, they're going for it every time. And it's backfiring on them. Look at the two-point conversions that John Harbaugh's trying at the end of games to win games. Those have backfired. I think it puts a lot of pressure on your team when you're, in those key situations and you've got to be, you got to have perfect play calls and execution to get it done. And, you know, as we saw, I mean, even that fourth down pass was short of the goal line to Antoine Wesley, who had a tough day. I mean, and, and Wesley, I don't know why he didn't, you know, run his route more aggressively, but, uh, you know, those are four really regrettable, plays for the Cardinals in that situation and I think they had better answers and uh, you know Joe Camo asked the question on Twitter of you know you have James Conner on from the five yard line and you don't use him once I mean even they could have used him as you know a, a swing pass or something and got him out in space a little bit and have give him a chance um, when you got a you know the second leading touchdown guy in the league and you don't even go to him it's unbelievable. And what's kind of funny to me is that, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury was eager to, you know, pound and, uh, you know, over and over with Kenyon Drake. But with Connor, he's just very kind of, you know, um, he just doesn't want to seem to commit to him. Maybe it's because they're trying to keep him. Uh, fresh and healthy for the stretch run. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and maybe to speak this week because Connor had the, the ankle injury um, in the, uh, in the Rams game. Um, it was, you know, that uh, he bounced back from pretty well. He looked great yesterday. I mean, he's such a stud and so did Chase Edmonds. That was very encouraging. Um, Edmonds, uh, you know, uh, Came back with uh, 53 yards, but only on with an 8.8 average, but only on six carries. So and the Cardinals did gain 105 yards on the ground between Edmonds and Connor and Jonathan Ward at a six-yard gain. So you know, but um, but yeah, the Cardinals need to get back to rushing the ball and rushing it more effectively. Um, I just so wish they'd have a power game with a fullback and ISO on, on linebackers. With Connor, I think it would be, and Edmonds, I think, at times unstoppable. But uh, And I wish they would you know, come right after teams more than what they're doing, and I wish that they would tighten up their blocking techniques, run blocking techniques, and get better leverage and root some, some of the defenders out of there um, better than what they're doing. But of production from the running backs when when they turn to them, which is good. So, and then in the passing game, I mean, Kirk had nine catches out of twelve targets for ninety four yards. Had the big drop, but then had the big touchdown. Um, he he showed up. Zach Ertz had a really fine game. Unfortunately for Ertz, I mean, 
when you're a tight end, what you don't want is your quarterback repeatedly throwing it to you up high when you're on the move, which leaves you vulnerable to getting blasted by the safety. Um, I could see Ertz looking back like, hey, man, put it on me better. Um, but Kyler was repeatedly high in this game, sort of rushing his throws or holding on too long. And A.J. Green, you know, I, he's done this a few times this year where he gives up his leverage on a, on a um, D-back, on a cornerback as he did yesterday. And Kyler is right. You got to come back for that. You have, you can't let the D back jump your route. So what you do with your big body is you screen him, you keep your leverage, and then you come back to the ball. That was as much on green as it was on Kyler and probably even more. And then I really didn't like the lack of effort. He, you know, after um, the, the D back made the pick green, just kind of stood there. Um, that's not a good look at all. Um, he he should have busted it back to try to make the tackle, which, by the way, was made by, in DK Metcalf fashion, by James Conner. If you saw Conner come out of the screen running like crazy to make that tackle down at the five-yard line, that was awesome. I mean, James Conner is he's a baller. And uh, Tyler, too, wrong, Kyler already complaining about not coming back to the ball before, you know, while the play was in progress. Um, Kyler, now, to Kyler's credit, he made the tackles on both of his interceptions in the Ram game. But he's got to, you know, complain later and play now um, and try to make a play as he did the weeks before. But I'm sure, you know, the frustration got to him there, and particularly a, such a frustrating game as – this one against the Lions. Um, and uh, I think the Cardinals look like an offense that tried to score 20 points at a, in one drive. I think they were trying to win by 10 points. And when you get ahead of yourself that way and trying to do too much, this is what can happen. You just press and, you know, and uh, that's a, what it looked like. It just looked out of sync and everyone trying too hard, perhaps, and, and Murray being a little extra you know, sort of antsy, um, led to a lot of incompletions and some misfires and unfortunately that interception, which now has become a pattern of these early third quarter interceptions for Kyler, which again, I mean, when you're deferring the football and running the risk of another team marching the ball methodically down the field, taking away half of the first quarter, to get the ball back in the third quarter and your quarterback's turning it over, maybe it's a good time now to just reverse that thought, get the ball, take it, and you be the one that marches the, the ball down the field um, methodically to score and then, um, you know, uh, make your adjustments to halftime defensively so you can defend them, you know, the other team coming out of the locker room. But uh, Kyler, I think, will fix that. I think that, you know, he's just... A little out of sync now. Um, you know, he lost a lot of time there for four weeks. It's not an excuse, but but it is a, a reality. I mean, he's he's been struggling to get back his form, just as he did last year after he got hurt. And this is a good challenge for Kyler. He needs to take this next step. He needs to, first of all, settle the whole team down, get the snaps off cleanly off of his clap. Um, there's no reason not to do that. 
hopefully they get Rodney Hudson back this week. I mean, I I was happy to see Andy Isabella make a catch late in the game. I thought Col- Colt McCoy looked cool as usual, cool McCoy. And boy, I I have to admit, I feel more confident snap wise with McCoy in the game than Murray. Um, and so I hopefully Murray can can. Uh, Take a page out of McCoy's book where that is concerned. You know, get up there and snap the ball for crying out loud, uh, cleanly, so your own whole team is in sync. And then, um, you know, I I think with Wesley, unfortunately, two weeks in a row, he had a great play call to Wesley, where you know Kyler's got to learn that when you throw it to other receivers, not named DeAndre Hopkins, who can like drag their feet on tiptoes. By the pylon, I think it's better to lead them a little bit more, give them more room to catch the ball and get their feet in. You know, because two weeks in a row he had the nice long pass. Wesley made a great catch, but was a got his uh, right foot in on the pylon, but was in a, was unable to get the foot down. And then the week before, Randale Moore had that deep pass on the sidelines there. He lost he lost his his sense of where the sideline was and was clearly out of balance when he caught it. Those were missed opportunities that could have really helped out. And, um, but, um, you know, taking shots with, with more downfield is a good idea. I just don't understand why they don't run him through the slot and on crossers. I mean, give him an edge on with his speed, give him an edge on somebody and bang, if you hit him, he's a rack monster. I mean, but everything they do with him is just so contained. I, I, I don't understand that. So maybe that, that's something they work on this week is trying to get Rondell Moore. More of normal wide receiver touches would be nice. And I'd love to see them um, mix it in with, uh, you know, give uh, between Wesley and Isabella, give Andy Isabella some shots out there uh, to use his speed, add, add another speedy guy in there. I think he's a lot better than people realize, and uh, I've always been saying that. And I just think he's been stuck behind, um, you know, their depth chart. They they believe, you know, they've been keeping receivers in the same spots, and Andy's behind AJ Green, who's AJ Green's been out there a lot. And to AJ Green's credit, he came back with the great fifty fifty catch and the catch and juke move he made down to the ten yard line. And, he did some good things in the game and came back strong from his mistake. But, um, you know, and he's been a plus. Uh, but uh, get Isabella in there. Get him. You know, that would be awesome. Give him some shots. Uh, uh, why not? Why not? I mean, Wesley, it might be good for him to, you know, stamina-wise to get get subbed in for every now and then and uh, with Rondale or Andy Isabella. And, you know, I like like to I would love to see the three um speedsters uh well and Moore and Isabella and Kirk on the field at the same time and running all over the place and on crossers and deep corners and posts and you know that'd be fun um because Cardinals can use speed and uh can use it well uh but you know I love the play of Zach Ertz he has been such a fantastic addition um, over the middle, Kyler has has developing chemistry with him, just as Colt McCoy has. Um, he's been a real, real um, boost for the Cardinals' passing game, and and he's kept the safeties occupied, which is really important. 
if Kyler can put it on him better, I mean, Kurt Warner was so good at that. Give, you know, not protecting his receivers by sticking it on them where they, you know, not making them stretch out where safeties can come in and pound them. Um, you know, Kyler can be uh, as accurate as that. There's no question. Maybe he's just trying too hard to get it over the line without getting it batted. I don't know, but uh, but you know, he's he's going to take some straighter shots and leading the leading the uh, receivers, and he's got it in him. Kyler does. This will be a really important bounce back game for him. I mean, he's he was clearly frustrated yesterday, and uh, understandably so. And teams are frustrating him with these keep away game tactics, and they're working. Um, you know, he's sitting there for long stretches on the bench and, you know, uh, and, and it's going to frustrate anyone, particularly who wants to big put up big numbers and points and, and, uh, in the fashion that he's capable. I um, know the Colts game on Christmas is going to be really interesting, but one thing that has me excited is to see what happens when they go up against the Cowboys, because I think one that could potentially be a playoff matchup down the road for the Cardinals, but two, the Cowboys have had such an interesting year defensively, especially in the secondary with mixing up coverages. Right. And that could be a real get right game for Kyler Murray. If again, I talked about this, I don't know how healthy or not healthy Kyler Murray is, but I'm interested to see what he does against the Cowboys. Obviously they have Van Der Esch and Parsons up front on the pass rush that, Hopefully buys it. Hopefully he has enough time to go through the reads. But I think that the Cowboys give him a great opportunity to right some of the wrongs from the past two weeks. Yeah, and we'll talk about that at length next week. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because uh, you know, think of how and those are great points. Um, think of how you know, think of how amazing it would, how wonderful. It would be if the Cardinals clinch on Christmas Day and win at home and start um, turning things around at home, which they need to do. Um, that would be huge. And think of the celebration in their locker room that that would be like to do on Christmas Day um, in front of a national audience. They've got, you know, a, a formidable opponent who's playing. I mean, they dominated a Bill Belichick team like – few teams I've seen and coaches I've seen. I mean, they were just brilliant in that game. And I'm sure the Cardinals were watching um, from the hotel room uh, and probably in awe. And I think they know it's pretty clear. They know they've got uh, their hands full with this Colts team. But a team that's lost, you know, six games. And, <clears throat> you know, so, you know, the Cardinals will have their chances and we'll see if they can bounce back with that. But, uh, you know, it's it's dispiriting to watch to read so many of the comments from fans who are jumping off the bandwagon or just totally disgusted with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and you know um, and the whole team in general. It's just you know the Cardinals are ten and four, and you you'd think they were four and ten. I I don't quite understand it, but I what I do understand I think about psychology is that. You know, if if you're really, you know, like I wrote in the article on ROTB that we'll be posting this morning when Kyle uh, wraps um, the production up, the Cardinals need the Red Sea now more than ever. 
I mean, when is it the best time to love your team? I mean, you know, I I always think back to um, I'm a huge fan of Lorraine Hansberry's A Raisin in the Sun. Um, one of the greatest plays, I think, was that it's and poignant plays that's ever been written. And I just love this one quote from Mama Younger after her daughter Benita just says there's nothing left to love about her brother Walter, who took the inheritance money and um invested it poorly where one of his investors ran off with the money and part of that money was beneath his med school money and so understandably she is just irate and she's ready to disown um walter as a brother and to basically hate him forever and she tells mama you know there's there's nothing left to love about walter and mama says there is always something left to love and if you ain't learned that, you ain't learned nothing. Have you cried for that boy today? I mean, for him and what he's been through and what, what it's done to him. Child, when, when do you think it's the time to love somebody the most? Well, then you ain't through learning because that ain't the time at all. It's when he's at his lowest and can't believe in himself because the world done whipped him so. When you start measuring somebody... Measure him right, child. Measure him right. Make sure you're done taking into account what hills and valleys he's come through before he got to wherever he is. And I say that to all of us. Let's measure these Cardinals right. Let's give them the respect they deserve. They're 10 and 4. They're knocking on the door. I mean, people are saying, yeah, they're 0-3 in games for playoff clinches. But that's there's good news to that. They're on the door. They're knocking on the door. <laughs> and if any of us thought, you know, that would happen this soon after, you know, starting from scratch three years ago. Um, you know, looking back, this is pretty dang, you know, fortuitous and auspicious and uh, something we can take pride in. So, I mean, I hope that, I mean, last week, all the bashing of uh, both in the local and national media of Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kyler Murray, how'd that do for him this week against the Lions? How'd that do? I mean, not that they're paying full attention to that, but, you know, you got to create a vibe for our guys, man. They're our guys. You know, they're going to fail sometimes, um, but we got to love them. And the time to love them the most is when they need it the most, and like they do right now. Um, I haven't lost faith in any of them. I, you know, I hope you haven't either. I, I still believe in the process. I believe in the talent. I believe in the coaching. Um, yes, it's not perfect at times, and it's not going to be. Let's get used to it. Coaching isn't perfect, um, and everyone's an armchair quarterback, and you know you can say should have done this, should have, could have, would have all day long with coaches. That's the way it is, and it's fun to do that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the large volume of work should count. And fans that are saying right now the Cardinals don't deserve to be in the playoffs – I'm just saying, what have you been watching this year? How many teams have gone 7-0 and on the road? None. The Patriots went 6-0. and The Cardinals went 7-0. and Then they both had tough losses this week. But that's the NFL. I mean, you have to show up every week. And, you know, it com comes in waves. You know, no team dominates every week, every game. And you, you have to be able to 
pick your guys up. Like I was writing this past week, pick up K1 and K2. Let's pick them up. Let's rise up, Red Sea, and love these guys when they need it the most. On Christmas Day, it could be a dandy. And, uh, you know, just given this opportunity and knowing how close they've come and how far they've come in such a short time, I think we deserve, they deserve our respect. Um, and our, you know, and I think that they're building a trust that, yes, they're going to let us down. Like, some, like it's not going to be pretty every week and it's not going to be a win every week but winning 10 out of 14 games thus far this season has been a godsend and i think something to really appreciate and um hopefully you know the cardinals can uh get things back on track this week on christmas day and um how, how glorious that would be for the cardinals and uh and for the red sea so you know the dreams of confetti continue on and the red confetti make this red rain flow down on you into the red red sea red rain